I want to thank you again for joining us this morning, part of our television ministry, our television family. We're thankful for what God's doing in your life. As we've gone through this sermon series on dying to selfie, I hope that God has given you some instruction and direction in your life that will help you live victoriously. Today we're going to be looking at a sermon dealing with the life of me and all that it is that God has in store for you. If you have your Bible, maybe you want to open it to the book of Romans chapter 12. I believe there's some things you want to mark there that will help you in what God's trying to do in your life. So the thing that I want to share with you today is what is this principle of the life of me? Pastor read the scripture. And in order for us to fully gain and to fully grasp the significance of what God is doing here in these passages of scripture, we have to understand something. That in order for there to be a sacrifice, there must be a separation. Now the difference between you and I and everything before the death of Christ is there always had to be a sacrifice. And the sacrifice always had to die. The lamb had to be slain. The oxen had to be slain. The heifer, the young calf, the bulls, they had to be slain. The oxen, whatever it was they were offering, it always had to be slain. And in order for something to be slain, there had to be a separation. Matter of fact, you just couldn't have any old offering. That was the issue of Cain and Abel. One's offering was pleasing unto God and the other one wasn't. Wasn't that God loved Cain, uh, Abel more than Cain? It wasn't this whole dysfunctional idea. What it was was what is the quality of the offering? What is the content of the heart? You see, you just can't offer anything and expect to walk in, abide in the full presence of the manifest blessings of God. I understand today that that's contrary to popular preaching. I understand today that the contemporary Christianity in our culture of the United States is that if you will just bless your pastor enough with your presence on Sunday that God's going to send down the holy legion of angels to sing in exaltation that you graced his presence in worship on Sunday. I'm sorry if that's offensive. But the reality is that's the way most people think. If I can just get to church, I'll do God a favor. The issue isn't getting to church, it's getting to Christ. The issue isn't just getting to Christ, but it's getting Christ in you. For we know many people that sing Christ, touch Christ, kissed Christ, but yet perished. Matter of fact, think about it this way, and I'll have to move along very quickly. They gambled for his clothes at the foot of the cross. It was a customary practice, that was the payment. For the Roman soldiers that day. And they would get to keep the prisoner's belongings. And that very expensive tunic that Christ wore was drenched in blood. And they were gambling at the foot of the cross for that tunic. And think about it. That one soldier that won that tunic that day. Picked that up. Can you Stay with me right here for a minute. Picked that tunic up, ran home to his wife and said, Honey, I've, I've won the prize. I've won the prize. And his hands were covered in the blood that was, had saturated that garment. See, he took a garment home. He had the prize 
on his hands, but not in his heart. See, it's not about what is Christianity around you, but it's about who is Christ in you. Christ in you manifests Christ to the world. Christ around you makes you miserable. <laughs> Amen. He'll be your cosmic killjoy. Now here's the principle of separation. There had to be a separation. The lamb had to be separated. The lamb had to be withdrawn from the flock. The lamb had to be prepared. The lamb had to be slain. The lamb had to be uh, dressed. It had to be prepared for the altar. When it was placed upon the altar, the altar had to be prepared. The, this, the, the priest had to be prepared. Everything had to be prepared by a process of separation. Jesus Christ was separated from the world. Matter of fact, as he was prepared for this moment, he was separated in his sinlessness. And as he was separated in his sinlessness, he was separated from humanity because he was separated on the altar of the cross. And between, while he was on the cross, he hung suspended between heaven and earth, between heaven and hell. He was separated as a sacrifice. Holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God. The thing about a sacrifice is it has to be separated. The problem with Christianity in our culture today is there is no separation. There's no separation. Now that doesn't mean that you ought to separate yourself by dress so that people will look at you and just feel your spirit of holier than thou just, to, just by gazing upon your appearance. It's not what God is saying. He's not saying that you ought to just separate yourself so that just your outer garments. Matter of fact, that's why he says, don't let your outer, your outer adorning just be the putting on of fine apparel. The adorning of jewelry and those things. What he's teaching is not that we shouldn't wear fine things, but that shouldn't be the identification. Now, the Jews understood this. Because those Jewish people who thought they were all that, I mean, they had a religious garment. It had tassels hanging on those garments. And every one of those tassels meant something. And I'll tell you what Jesus was teaching them, is that it's not about the tassels on your garments, but it's about the Christ in your heart. And today, it's not about how you look on the outside, but it's about how you look on the inside. And there must be a separation. Now, you and I do not have to die because Christ died for us. He became the sacrifice that died. He became the sacrifice of death, but He became the first living sacrifice. Therefore, you and I, Paul says, I exhort you. I, like, I, I learned this verse first in the King James Version. I beseech you. He said, man, what in the world is that? Know? I don't know, but he got my attention. Amen. Beseech. Exhort. Implore. Beg. By the mercies of God. What is the mercy of God? The mercy of God is what we didn't deserve. The mercy of God is that... The, that Christ became the sacrificial atonement. That Christ became the payment for sin. That Christ became the freedom for sin. That Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. See, therefore a sacrifice there must be a separation. But then as we go a little bit further, there must have been that transformation of that sacrifice. 
Look at this verse right here, if you will. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I beg you, I urge you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual worship. I love what one translation it says. It is your reasonable service. I hate that translation. You say, what, preacher? I do. I don't like it. I don't like that it says it's my reasonable service. Because what it implies is that he's not asking too much. You know, let me put it in, in modern terms. Is it too much for me to ask you to take out the garbage? Now, how are you going to argue with that, guys? Is it too much for me to ask you to live for me since I died for you? No, I didn't make this up, guys. The, oh, the scripture that everybody knows, the caterpillar butterfly scripture. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Whoa, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. What a great scripture. But what does it say in verse 15? Therefore, if one died for all, that all might live, then all who live should live for the one who died for him. Do you know I've had people pulled right up to the butterfly scripture and say, this is what salvation is. This is what salvation is. This is what Christ wants to do in your heart. Cast away all the old. Bring forth all the new. I've had people right up to the butterfly scripture. And all I'd have had to do was say, pray this prayer. And they would have prayed it. But before we embrace the butterfly scripture, the salvation scripture, I said, let me tell you what you're receiving. It's the lordship factor. Let me back up to verse 15. I've read that verse 15 to people. And they looked at me and they said, oh, pastor, I'm not ready for that kind of commitment. You see, we have a shallow view of Christianity. We have a view of Christianity that says, God is so blessed that you decided to be part of His kingdom and you can live however you want to. You can do whatever you want to. You, you can be a sacrifice that is unpleasing unto God, a sacrifice that is detrimental to the kingdom, and there will be no consequence. For every decision that we make to let something live becomes responsibility. Oh yes, the caterpillar scripture, the butterfly scripture, the lordship factor. Billy Graham said that he believes 80% of the church attenders hasn't grasped verse 15. Oh, they got verse 17. Because it's all about me. Stay with me. Verse 17 is all about me. My past is gone. My failures are gone. My mistakes are gone. My future has been made new. Verse 17 is all about me. But verse 15 is all about him. Can I get a witness? That's why we need a good old fashioned. Dying to selfie. Because you can't be a living sacrifice. If you don't understand the principle of life. 
a principle of life in that movie was that, that the thing that would have been right to do for those soldiers would have been to assassinate every one of those goat herders that they could complete their mission and gain life. But because they tried to give them life, it brought forth them death. And if we're unwilling to be separated from some things in the world, it will be the death of you spiritually. It will be the death of you spiritually. You see, in order to be a sacrifice in the old sense, there must be a separation. In order to be a sacrifice in the new sense that we read in verse 12, there must be a separation. In order for there to be a sacrifice in the old sense, there must have been the transformation of that one little lamb, that perfect little lamb, the lamb without spot, the lamb without blemish, in order for us to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, which is our act of worship, there must have been a moment of transformation if there has never been a moment of transformation in our life then there could be never have been a moment of salvation in our life you say oh preacher you're judging me no I'm not no I'm not I'm just telling you what God said if there's never been a head-on collision with a thrice holy God when you walked away from that thing looking different and living different I'm telling you, I wouldn't trust your salvation to die by. Amen, preacher, preach on. That's where the rubber meets the road. I know it's not warm. I know it's not fuzzy. I know it's not a crowd drawer. But it's the message of the cross. The message of the cross is come and die. But the message of the cross leads you to the message of the resurrection. And the message of the cross is come and die. But the message of the tomb is come and live. And in Christ, our sins was paid. The wrath of God was appeased. The judgment was met. The handwritings of requirement were taken away. That was contrary against us and nailed to the cross. They were buried in the depths and the heart of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came forth on the third day, if we die with Christ, we shall live with Christ. And so what Paul is saying is, you don't have to die because Christ, Christ died for you. You're no longer a dead sacrifice. You're a living sacrifice. But you need to understand something. The requirement for the sacrifice is still the same. Whether the sacrifice has to die or whether the sacrifice has to live. The requirement for the sacrifice is the same. The same way there had to be a separation of the sacrifice. The same way there had to be a transforming characteristic of the sacrifice that had to die. There has to be a separation and a transforming character trait in the living sacrifice. Man, as we look at this, wow. Not only must there be separation and transformation, but there must be the presentation. There must be the point where the sacrifice is presented. The lamb was presented. The lamb was slain. And that be placed upon the altar. And every day we have to make a decision. Will I live my life on the altar? Or will I get up and run off? 
Will I get up and go alarm the enemy and bring back in the things that I already died to so that they can come back in and conquer my life because I feel sorry for it? Because I feel sorry for it. I'll go back and I'll crucify again and again and again. Look at what the verse says here. I urge you to present yourself a living sacrifice. Present, present, present. To bring forth the presentation. The presentation. In the Old Testament, it was everything was carefully placed to make the presentation of the sacrifice. Therefore, we must carefully live that we may make forth the presentation of our life on a daily basis as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Every day if you're born again, you get to run forth into the world sharing the message of life as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God. Pleasing unto God. Say it with me. Pleasing unto God. Believe it. Pleasing unto God. What was wrong with Cain's offering? It wasn't pleasing unto God. What was right with Abel's offering? It was pleasing unto God. What was the difference? Was the bar too high that Cain couldn't reach it? No, sir. No, ma'am. The problem was that Cain had, did not have a desire to attain the requirement. What is the requirement? The requirement is not that you learn how to speak in tongues, not that you have the gift of speaking in tongues. The requirement is not that you fulfill all your church's baptism, not that you have the gift of prophecy, not that you have to have the gift of healing, not that you have to go through and learn all the books of the Bible, not that you belong to some denominational headquarters or some church affiliation, but that you come and die. If you come and die, you can go and live. Any man that desires to save his life will lose it. Any man that's willing to lose his life will save it. Why do we have such anemic believers? Why is our churches so weak? Why is our churches so powerless? Is it because God is old? No, he doesn't exist in time like we do. It's not that God's old. It's not that he's sick. It's not that he's feeble. It's not that he's tired of running the cosmos. It's not that he's used up all his power in eternity past. It's that God is looking for a man. God is looking for a woman to pour out the supernatural on. I mean, when you go into the other countries where Christians are being persecuted, where they're, they're being persecuted daily and daily and daily, daily for their faith, the power, the presence, the miracles are there because there is no other solution. But God, but God, but God. And God says, I just want you to be part of it. I just want you to show up and present yourself whole and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. I doesn't care what you look like on the outside. He cares about what you look like on the inside. Because what you look like on the inside will affect how you look on the outside. He cares about how you look where you're going. How you present yourself to him every day. And then last of all, not only is there the separation, the transformation, the preparation. Guys, if we can do these things, there will be the celebration. Look at it. I'm not making this up. It says here in verse 
to do not be conformed to this world or to this age, but be transformed. There's my point. I didn't make it up. By renewing your mind every day so that you may discern what is good, what is pleasing, what is perfect, will of God. You know why we have so many books on how to find the will of God? How to discover the will of God? How to explore the will of God? Because nobody wants to live out verses 1 and 2. He says, if you will give a presentation that has experienced transformation, then there will be direction. There will be confirmation of what I'm wanting to do in your life. You will know what is the perfect will of God. You won't have to camp out at Books a Million and figure out which book do I get to direct me to the will of God. No, when we show up and we say, God, here I am, here I am, here I am reporting this morning. We present ourselves to him. He will give direction. He will give guidance. Let me close with this verse. Just in case you think I'm not telling you the truth, look at what verse 3 says. Most people never read verse 3 in conjunction with this scripture. But look at it if you would. For by the grace given to me, Paul, remember the murderer, the persecutor, the religious guy? He says, by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you, don't you be thinking too much of yourself. Whew. Dang. Mercy. Don't think too much of yourself. Instead, think sensibly. Because God has distributed a measure of faith to each one of us. A measure of faith to each one of us. Why is it some people's faith stronger than somebody else's? Because they didn't squander the measure. They took the measure God gave them and they fleshed it out. And in a result of fleshing it out, God spread it out. God began to do a work and in stretching it, it went further. They used the measure. You remember the story of the widow in her barrel of meal and jar of oil? She, I mean, she, made the, she, she kept dipping. When she had a measure of faith that Elijah challenged, Elijah challenged her to have, it kept going. It kept going. It kept going. What about the widow whose son was about to be sold because she couldn't pay it? And, the, and, and so he, he had this vessel of oil. God gave her a measure of faith, and she started filling up vessels of oil to sell it, to pay off the debt from her, her husband after he passed away. And the Bible says that as long as they kept pouring, as long as they continued to have the vessels, there remained enough oil. When they brought the last vessel, it was the end of the oil. Okay, I know that's Old Testament. Most people don't like that. Let me put it to you in the New Testament. The Bible says the same way that you measure, it'll be measured back to you. Well, the technical word is give. The same way you give, I'll give back to you. Pressed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That means something to be pressed down. God is wanting to press down the blessings in your life. But you have got to get to the place where you're willing to be. The living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Pleasing unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And my friends. That will be the life of you. That will be 
the joy of you. Let God press it down. Run it over. I remember when I was a kid. I kind of think I was the last generation, my generation, to really understand kind of the old way of life. But yet, fully be birthed into the whole new way of life. You know, let me explain. You know, I mean, I remember TG&Y. You know, I remember the S&H green stamps. You know, I remember drinking water from a water hose and it didn't kill us. You know all that stuff. You've seen it on the internet. If you were born before this time, here's what you did. It's a wonder you're still alive. I remember we saved enough green stamps and we got ourselves a trash compactor. I was so happy. Boy, we were, we were high class. That was a proud moment for me because my job was to take out the trash. Which meant if that trash compactor performed to the way they said it would, that meant my chore time would be cut in half. Now, you know, any young preteen boy just loves his chores being cut in half. Can I get a witness? I remember, man, I used to love, I'd turn that thing on, I'd listen. What a week. Three days I didn't have to take out trash. It was a daily chore. And I remember, and we take that thing out of the compactor. My dad said, here, take it out. I reached down to pick that thing up. And it weighed more than I did. And it was such a chore to drag that thing out. To dispose of it. It liked to kill me. Matter of fact, I ended up having to get something to place it on and drag it out. Drag it out there. It was so I couldn't pick it up. I mean, I mean, that was before the days that we had to save the, all the recycling. I mean, if it could be... If it was trash in our house, we, sh we, sh we, I smashed. I, I mean, that week I probably smashed a bunch of stuff that I didn't need to be smashed and just see exactly what it would smash. But here's the point I'm trying to make to you today. Pressed down. Shaken. And running over. Is what God wants to do in your life. If you'll we've gone through this sermon this morning I realize that it's a deep challenge but God has so much in store for you at Family of Grace it's our greatest desire to help you achieve all that God has for you maybe as you're going through the process of becoming that living sacrifice maybe you want to take your relationship with Him to the next level, maybe you faithfully watch online or on TV every week and you're part of our, our audience away from our campus and maybe you want to come experience what it's like to be part of the family to be part of what's happening here at Family of Grace it's our greatest joy that you would join up with us and help us break through the barriers of culture and ethnicity to help everybody become all that God has for them to be. may God richly bless you as you walk this sermon out this week ahead of you.